You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Rolling for JJ Williams into the 25 in. Williams kicks it on, this could be a try. Williams has scored. That little chip through by Gareth Edwards really caught the Springbok defence by surprise. Williams got his boot as he chipped ahead, kicked it through. The bounce went his way and JJ Williams has put the line. Welcome to this week's episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. It may have been another disaster for Wales, but don't worry, we're here to help you through it. And we have got a fantastic show lined up for you tonight. Loads and loads of listeners' questions have come in, and that's what we like to do uh, in the wake of... Wales victories and defeats we like to hand the show over to the listeners so thank you to everyone who sent questions in myself and Dan Killick are going to try our very best to get through all of them uh but uh yeah but there are a lot so right here goes how are we doing Dan yeah very good Chad feeling uh, feeling good disappointing weekend but apart from that on the rugby front that is all good I know this is it, isn't it? And we're um, we've got very little time for any uh, for any chit chat. We've got so much rugby to talk about, so we're going to dive straight into it. And this one is a follow up from last week. It's from Patrick, who we spoke about his question on last week's show. I asked last week whether Pivac would survive until this time next year. If Wales get given a good going over by England, does Pivac survive until the Six Nations? I would say it's looking increasingly likely isn't it that uh, Pivac won't survive I would say at the moment I actually think a big part of this is going to come down to the to the Georgia game so that's that's looking like a, it's, it's, it's not going to be an easy game that one is it and um, I think we're all expecting us to lose against England but the, the, the Georgians will really fancy having a uh, you know getting a win over us in that game. So, yeah, I think um, it's looking more and more likely that Pivac won't survive as it stands currently, that's for sure. It's interesting. We're definitely going to talk about Georgia more later on in the show. But, I mean, I mean, as, as badly as Wales have played to this point, this is a side that England have just nilled to 40 in, in the pissing rain. So, 
are we really that bad that we're looking at Georgia as a game that is is it a realistic banana skin here? Well, I mean, at, at the moment we're playing so poorly, aren't we? That they will they will fancy they'll fancy uh, doing one over on us, getting one over on us. But I, I expect us to win. I actually expect us to win relatively comfortably, depending on the, the side that we put out. But yeah, there is. It's, I think there'll certainly be a, a, a bit of uh, nervousness around the camp, certainly around the around the coaches with this one, especially as to what as to what uh, what side they put out and how they go they go about it. Well, I think yeah, you're absolutely right. And historically, this has always been a fixture where, where you know, when we've had a Georgia or a Tonga or someone like that, we've made thirteen or fourteen changes in order to give the squad some uh, some rest ahead of the the southern you know the big southern hemisphere fixtures. Although we're not playing South Africa and New Zealand etc. this autumn, we've still got those big fixtures against you know against England and against Ireland. So I mean, Pivak has said he's likely to he's likely to make changes. Uh, is that the way you see it happening? Yeah, I think we will ring the changes, uh, and I, I think it, it needs to be done. But yeah, we've got to remember that we've we have tra- Wales have traditionally struggled in these games, haven't they? I mean, one game springs to mind. Actually, the match that uh, that we went to in the autumn, wasn't it? Um, uh, where we actually got a, a you know we scored a lot of tries, didn't we? And it was a fantastic Welsh performance. Do you remember against that one Tonga, down against Tonga? Yeah, and yeah, we were outstanding. But that was a that was almost a one-off, I would say, really. So, look, this is a different side. Maybe, maybe a pivot side will actually go better against, uh, you know, against a Georgia than than uh, than a Gatland side would have, which is an interesting one. Maybe we'll touch on that a bit later. But yeah, the pressure the pressure is certainly on for this for this game more 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 so than ever before. I'd say. Let's build on that. This question is coming from Robert Giannotti. How big is the temptation to pick a stronger side than anticipated for the Georgia game to guarantee a win? If we lose, surely heads must roll. Uh, kind of two questions in there, really. Dan, what would you do if you were Pivot? Would you be picking your strongest side or would you be looking to experiment? He's going to be tempted to pick a side that is his best side to go out and get the win because he is they're that desperate for the win. But I think he's got to stick to, uh, you know, he's got to stick to what he what he would do ordinarily, which is, you know, blood some of the, you know blood some of the youngsters and give them game time. Uh, it, it's. I think he's got to stick to that. He's got to stick to the, uh, you know, the the game plan, the processes, and arguably that's what we haven't been doing up to this point. So I I I personally expect him to ring the ring the changes to a degree, and that's what I think should be done as well. What, what's your? I'm intrigued to, to to hear your thoughts on this. The thing is, is if he were to put out a fully loaded side now, having already said that he was going to ring the changes, it smacks of panic which I'm sure there will be panic within or certainly a huge amount of anxiety within the camp. But you have to, you kind of have to to stick to what you've done now and hope that you've got a side that's capable of beating Georgia. I, I don't actually think that too much of it is down to selection. I think it's down to the fact that they're playing so poorly and without systems and everything looks rudderless that it, it probably won't help having a load of a load of changes. But to me, it's about getting the basics done right. And we just have not done that in any game so far so it's really really difficult to go to, go to the second point in the question if we lose heads will roll yeah I, look, if you lose to Georgia he's he, I think he'll go I really do but I'm with you I, I think well, I think we will win I'm not sure how convincingly with it will be I think it will be some hairy moments but I do think we'll get the win against Georgia 
yeah, uh, that's my expectation. I think that we we need to experiment. We need, you know, the Welsh. Uh, you know, we want to see some of these some of these players play, don't we? And I think almost more pressure would come on to to Pivac and the players as well, and the team, and the backroom staff, everyone involved. If we suddenly took a U turn and put out, you know, a similar a similar side to we put out against against Ireland, then so. Um, yeah, we, you've got you have to back the processes, don't you? No matter how much pressure's on, you've got to still stick to the system, still still believe in 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 what you believe is going to work, and 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 eventually it should you know it should ring true if there's enough about you. Um, so yeah, I, I I want to see us do that. All right, this is a massive one. This from this is from Ted Powell. Is it time to drop our captain? No, for me, no. Simple as that. Straight no, yeah. I think the 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 problems are are not to do with you know not to do with our captain. Uh, I still think he's uh, you know he is a world class player. He's got so much to offer, and actually, I think there's a lack of leadership on the park at the moment. So I think that would have a, a, a you know it'd have a bigger a worse effect than if he was to if he was to if he was to um, you know to step down or. Or pave way. I know. So there's quite a lot of chat, isn't there, about maybe you know player power. Um, you know, obviously being a huge personality uh, and not a shrinking violet. Then, whenever a new coach comes on board, you all you know, or if we look at it, say management, then into a, into an organisation, quite often you need a clear out, don't you? You need you need to sort of take out the old guard to then reset and then build and move forward. You know, maybe, you know, maybe there's some there's some truth in that. It tends to happen in business, doesn't it? Um, and you know, maybe it's not that dissimilar in sport. But I think at the moment we're lacking. We seem to be lacking leaders on the pitch, and yeah. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go along with that. Yeah, I just to chuck my uh, my uh, thoughts in on this one. I. I'm not one of these people who think that that Alan Wynne Jones is above criticism. Uh, I think you know if it were if it were there to dish out, then then I think you know every every player who pulls on the jersey is is kind of is fair target really. But you know I don't I don't see anything out there that he's that he's doing wrong. I certainly don't see anyone who's better than him as a lock, and I don't see anyone who's better than him as a captain. I there are there are big big problems like we've said before. Go back listen to last week's pod as well if you want any further thoughts from me on on what's going wrong because I think this week just exacerbated it. I don't see the problem being uh, being Alan Wynne Jones's selection. Yes, he's you know yes he's he's old, but I certainly don't see anything that suggests he's not a good enough player. And you telling me bringing Jake Ball in or bringing someone else into the into the lineup is is going to strengthen that side uh, when you're dropping Alan Wynne Jones? Not having it. Absolutely not having it. No, for me, he's first. He's first name on the team on the team sheet. Still, yeah, there's bigger issues elsewhere. We need to uh, we need to address a number of the other issues first. You know, firstly, um, before we can before we can start to to have a look, uh, you know, have a look at his shoes. I would say. Yeah, absolutely right. A pretty categoric no from you and me on that one. This next question is from Garrett Davis, who's uh, who's joined us on the pod a few times. If I probably been on this pod as many times as you have this year, Dan, given your uh, your long leave of absence. Uh, which areas of the game have changed since Pivac took over and how are the various members of the coaching team influencing the side? Yeah, it's a great 
it's a great question, isn't it? And I saw you wrote back, and I'd love to get your take on that. I think uh, yeah, Gav's a lot more qualified to answer this you, one than me, actually, as well. So you would have would loved love him to, to reply on this one, wouldn't you? I would. You. I would love to have had it. Yeah, and I would have rolled that out as my own. But um, <laughs> yeah, I I do want to hear what what he thinks on this actually. But yeah, so do you want to? I've I've lost. Uh, the, so it's a two part question. Yeah, that one. First part. So yeah, which areas of the game have changed? Let's start with that. Under yeah, the back. So in terms of which areas have changed, I think, I think all, all, all areas at the moment have, have, have gone backwards, haven't they? Um, an area that seems to have gone, gone back at a rate of knots is in the pack then, isn't it? If we look at the line-out, our line-out has traditionally been poor. Really. It has. I think I, I think it's easy, you know, it's easy to think maybe the lineup was a strength of Wales. It wasn't. We had one good campaign where it was outstanding. Apart from that, it's been in it's been indifferent or poor really for years and years and years. Um I would say at the moment though, this is this is something else. We 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 you know, we would win some ball, but at the moment we're not winning any. And I would say a it, it, Without being in the camp, it does seem to be that the throwing in is 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 uh, is completely off. But again, I know it's, 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 it's systems are at play there, but mm. that's where I think it, it lies personally at the moment. Uh, if I was to if I was to uh, throw you know throw what I think in there, so I think the forwards forward forwards are off. But line out has always been dodgy. Scrum at the moment seems to be again our scrums they haven't been brilliant, have they? Even under Gatland. We've sort of, we've held our own at times. We've I would never- say, I, no, 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 no. I would say there were times when the scrum was a strength. You know, you look back at that game against England in 2013. Yes, there were a few refereeing decisions that that you that you could say favoured us, but we played the ref. And, and when Adam Jones was anchoring that scrum, I think we had a very, very strong scrummage. Uh, you know, before that, definitely, it was an area of weakness. And there have been times, you know, at the World Cup just gone. It wasn't a particular area of strength. When it was going well, it was solid rather than spectacular. But I think there have been times when that, that pack under Gatlin was, was a good scrummaging outfit. Yeah, we'd hold. Yeah, I'd, we'd hold our own, wouldn't we? But we weren't. We weren't known as a destructive side, were we? We'd we'd hold our own. Um, yeah, that England, uh, that England win was 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 something else, wasn't it? But I, I, I think that we haven't. We weren't known as a scrummaging team then, but we did have parity, didn't we? We did. Uh, we did. We did relatively well. So again, you know, I'm trying to be as balanced as I can because it's easy just to say that everything was amazing mm. under Gatlin, wasn't it? And it what and it and it and it wasn't. But he, 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 he made us into a very difficult side to, you know, to beat and we were competitive. So the, but the scrum has gone backwards. So line has gone backwards. Scrum's gone backwards. Again, I think a big part of that is probably selection, though. Or, I, so I actually seen... think it's the one area of the pitch where selection has made a big difference. And I think that, that that is the one area. I thought the front row made a big difference when the replacements came on against Ireland and we benefited from having Wynne Jones as, an, you know, as a kind of anchor to the scrum with Tom Francis on the other side. Uh, I, I, I do think that's the, I do think that's the case. Whereas, yeah, actually throughout the rest of the side, I think it's, it's deeper than selection, but I agree in the front row, he's got his selection wrong. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. We, um, we sort of called that, didn't we, before the, before the game really as a number of others, as a number of others did, so that could be could be down to selection because a lot of the players are largely the same. And then the yeah the breakdown has gone you know breakdown has gone backwards. How uh, we we 
a massive part for me is that we seem to be bullied. We're being bullied all mm. over the park. Uh, there's no real aggression. We seem quite passive. I like the fact that we, you know, there was a few little sort of scuffles on the, you know, at the beginning, which showed that we seemed to be up for it a bit. But it it largely came from from the backs, if if, if I'm honest. Obviously, Alan Wynn had that little tussle, but and Tipper it came in with a with a cheeky shoulder, but. You know where are the rest? Where are the front row fronting up and getting you know getting niggly? And it looks as if Sean Edwards has, has he started with the French, didn't he? Had a word with them, said, "Look, there's there's a bit of a soft underbelly there now, and and let's um, you know let's throw our weight around a bit." And we we didn't have there's no enforcer, there's nobody there to to step up and um, you know and just just show that we're not going to be we're not going to be bullied because I've read a lot as well that you know, Wales breed small men and these sorts of things came out. That that was true 10 years ago, but we, we've got a, you know, we've got a big side really where we competed against, you know, we, we out muscled, you know, at times uh, South Africa and we have done over the years, it's the same side really. So I don't necessarily agree with that, but at the moment we're not, we're not the races. So um, back to the question, the, the pack has gone back collectively at a, at a, I would say at a rate of knots, actually, at the moment, they're, they're, we're, we're way behind the eight ball. The pack looked better when we didn't have the ball. That's the thing I cannot fathom. Our own ball is so turgid and slow at the moment. And when we do get, even when we do get it, it was really, really laboured from nine and 10, which we'll come on to. And it was just, yeah, I don't know. We've, we've struggled the whole time since we've been back after, uh, after the corona uh, hiatus the whole time we have struggled to to keep hold of our own ball I thought we did all right at trying to fall at trying to slow some ball down and, and win the odd turnover at the weekend but yeah we yeah, did you... we win we won a couple of turnovers didn't we in the in the uh, second early into the second half I think we got four and uh, uh Jed a big point I think is the ruck you know the rucks as well how 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 laboured they are are clearing oh, yeah. out just is just is way off you look at islands clearing out it's always been good isn't it always well, always been illegal as well, but they 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 do it well, and we mm-hmm. we weren't at the races again. So I think the pack have gone have gone way back. The defence is very difficult to to uh, sorry the the attack is very difficult to comment on because we haven't had the the ball, we haven't had any momentum. No momentum's been you know momentum comes doesn't it from set piece, and the set piece has been disastrous. So I feel that we can't really comment on the back line. We know that a number of those backs are in uh, you know uh, a. a um, you know, great players. Some of them world class as well, but a bit unfair for us to say anything there on the attack on the attack play. But there are a few points I'd like to have a little mention at later on that. Um, and then defense. Well, you know, defense has actually got. You know, I thought I thought our line speed was 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 quicker in the first mm-hmm. half, wasn't it? Than we've seen. Uh, we seemed more more up for it, but we did see some improvements in the in the Scot in the Scottish game. So. I mean, these are little these are little wins, aren't they? Very little wins, but that that's sort of got a little bit further forward. But ultimately, that's gone backwards. Back to to Gareth's question, and um, I think selection as well. So if we look at the head, you know, the head coach as well. If we, the selection, I would say, the way in which the games have gone at the moment, they'd, they'd kind of be is almost been an admission, really, isn't there? By you know, by the coaching setup or or Pivac, that he's got things that he's got things wrong to to date. So 
in answer to the question, everything has gone backwards, but we've a, a large part of it seems to be the the forwards at the moment, and the game starts there, doesn't it? Just uh, yeah, this one isn't a question from one of the listeners, but I have read quite a lot of people saying that Humphrey should be held accountable given how badly the pack is performing. Not everything should fall on pivot. What's your take on that? Yeah, I think that's a there's some this it's a valid point, isn't it? Because the the forward set the platform then and where 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 you can't where we can't say for definite that that that, that statement is 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 right then and fully accurate is that the selection needs to come into it, doesn't it? So if if Humphreys is picking the forwards, then yeah, it's you know a, a big part of this has got to lie with him. But if Pivac is selecting the forwards, making making the calls, then you know it's got to come back to him. But equally, Pivac is the head coach, isn't he? So whoever's picked by Humphrey, if if Humphrey's picking a side, obviously he's got to believe in him, but he's also got to put his his input in as well. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, it's really difficult because I I do remember when Robin McBride was Gareth Jenkins' forward coach, him getting a pasting, and obviously he's he's gone on to be a fantastic servant to Gatland, and people are are crying out for for a Robin McBride figure right now. So I don't think it's quite as straightforward as that. I agree, selection's wrong. That falls with the head coach for me. Yes, you might have some input from the forwards coach, but selection is always on the head coaches. Um, on the head coach's shoulders uh, but yeah but you know the systems the line out not functioning right of course some of that is going to fall as a responsibility of the forwards coach so yeah there there is a degree of that I just think that we're dealing with problems so big here that it comes down to the head coach and the lack of direction and the the lack of people knowing what their roles are you know everything filters down you know it's uh, the the fish rots from the head down right and that's uh, and that's that's the way I see it yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and that's why there's so much pressure coming through on on Pivac, isn't it? I think it, the way in which he wants to play is quite a complex way as well. Um, it's quite a complex system that that he wants to go with. It's 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 high risk, but you have to have the basics right. I mean, when we saw the Scarlets doing what they did, I remember us talking about the pack and how they were the un, they were the unsung heroes, weren't they? They provided a wonderful platform, a really really strong platform not only in the scrums, but the lineouts, and also they were winning turnover after turnover. And it was the pack that set the foundation at the moment. That's not coming through. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on, on Humphreys. Um, I think he's, he's really, really under it at the moment. And from what we've seen at the moment, you can understand why. Uh, but obviously, that, that, that pressure is coming through on Pivac. I think the, the positional play as well, of where the forwards are, are standing on the park, it, it would appear that they're either... They either don't know where they should be, and part of that does we've got we've got backs trying to slot in to to, to stop to stop forwards coming at us where they shouldn't be, and um, we've got forwards out in the wide channels where where I know we want them to be, but it it it, it just isn't working at the moment. So either either they're not understanding where they want to be, they don't feel comfortable with. With us, with our system at the moment, um, it's it's all a bit it's all a bit messy, isn't it? All a bit foggy. 
It is. Right, we've got loads uh, to come in the second half, including some uh, some questions in from our mate Kai Griffiths, who has uh, has been in the news this weekend with his uh, outspoken opinions on uh, on Wayne Pivak. Uh, Wales Online running a big story from him. So we're going to we're going to tackle those in the second half, but we'll take one more before the breakdown. This is from Matt Armstrong. Uh, so a bit of a tangent, which I think, to be honest, we could probably uh, we could probably do with. Uh, but Argentina beat the All Blacks this weekend with near zero preparation, yet Wales regularly still trot out the excuse of needing to play their way up to speed. Why are we always so undercooked? <laughs> yeah, I saw that question. It's, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we, yeah, we, we tend to take uh, we tend to take three or four, five, well, how many games in, in this case? I don't know. A lot more than six to, uh, to get up to speed, don't we? Um, yeah, they hadn't played, did they? 12 months and then put in a performance like that. I can't answer that one really, Jeff. I, I, can you? Well, it was the same under Gatland. I will say that certainly, you know, it we was. played our we played our best rugby when he had ten weeks to prepare with them. We came out of the World Cup. We came out of the World Cup strong. You know that 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 first World Cup uh, against South Africa really took people by by surprise with the intensity we were able to play against a very good South African side and should have won that game. 2015 again came out of the traps hard and and we were ready for that England, you know we were ready for that England game and and did a number on them and uh, and 2019 as well you know won every group game so he definitely got his better his better results when he had a long period of time with the players so that is not a new thing and I think part of it is the league that our players are playing in you know it doesn't help I know you can point to Ireland and say that that they have that system in place as well. But I think it's different when the players are centrally contracted and uh, they can have, you know, a lot more say. And also you're playing for good sides. You know, I think if you're playing, if you're playing and coached by Leinster and then handed over to Ireland, you've got a significant advantage than if you're playing for the Dragons or you're playing for, you're playing for Cardiff Blues or massively out of form Ospreys or even Scarlets and then going over to Wales. So I think the club form definitely has something to do with the, the getting up to speed and the, the, the lack of intensity in that league for sure. So that would be that would be my take on it. But it's it's definitely not new because Gatland always felt he had to beast the players. And you know, we often saw this in the in the autumn. Our first our first game in the autumn was routinely blooming awful under Gatland it was just you know I think he spent so much time physically trying to bring them up to speed that uh, that they were that they were probably knackered going into that first game and uh, yeah I think I think it's a sorry state of the the club game and, and how it prepares those players for internationals yeah some very there's some good points some good points in there I think you know that Argentina performance as well it was a it was a huge defensive display wasn't it from them you know they they, they tackled their hearts out didn't they all you know, all all day long. Uh, you know, they brought they brought a lot of passion, didn't they? And you know, that's a side that's been under you know been under a fair bit of pressure as well, isn't it? It's a great it's a great win. Uh, I wonder whether that's gonna uh, you know, it's two wins on uh, sorry, two losses on the bounce now, isn't it for for New Zealand and you know big financial pressures there. You wonder whether um, we're going to start to see you know a slight slip then from. You know, from from New Zealand, um, who knows? Let's see. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, they they do not tolerate losing to anyone at the best of times, and yet yeah, to to have lost these two games, that's not. Uh, yeah, as you can imagine, that's gone down like a sack of spanners in New Zealand. So it's uh, yeah, there, there's going to be pressure there for sure. 
Great for world and, rugby though, isn't it? Oh, it's just a, an amazing result. Absolutely amazing result for world rugby. It's a brilliant thing to it's a brilliant thing to see. And as you know, Dan, I'm a, I'm a big fan of a, of an underdog story. So uh, yeah, getting themselves ready and and doing a fantastic, you know, pulling together an historic result like that is. Um, you know, is, is, is absolutely. absolutely phenomenal. And the uh, other thing I would say here as well, in the interest of balance, Dan, is that, uh, you know, we saw uh, Mario Ledesma come in in, in 2018 after, uh, you know, Wales had, had beaten Argentina at, um, at home. They had a, a pretty poor World Cup campaign and now they've gone on to, uh, and now they've gone on to do this. So, you know, that, that is perhaps a, a word of warning about, uh, about how coaches, uh, how coaches can get their own mark on, uh, put their own mark on a team. Yeah, he, he's, uh, yeah, I, I said, you know, he, he's been under, he's been under a lot of pressure, isn't he? And then that, that, that performance has, uh, you know, has come out a wonderful perfor- performance by them. Lovely little moment as well that I, uh, I retweeted some gift that was sent out there with, uh, with, uh, with him just having a moment, a few tears, a few tears were, uh, We've shared there, and yeah, it's great, isn't it? So yeah, look, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think me and you are saying that Pivac, um, you know, Pivac needs to go, are we? Uh, but it, it's, it, only, the, it's know, only fair to point out that it's only fair to point out these examples, though, isn't it? I think that's that's all I'd, I'd be saying. It is, and, and there's a, there's a number of coaches isn't there, that have that have that have taken time to that have taken time to. I suppose to to forge, you know, or put their own stamp on a side. And this was this was, I mean, this was always going to be a, a hugely challenging task, wasn't it? And it's and it's proving to be, it really is. Well, you're absolutely right, and uh, yeah, we've still got absolutely heaps to get through in the second half. So we're going to take a very quick break, and we'll be back after this very very well the, the quick break I'm talking about. Right, see you on the other side. Right, Dan, let's get into this. Uh, as we said before uh, in the first half that uh, our mate Kai Griffiths has been uh, ruffling a few feathers, been very outspoken about the fact that he thinks Pivak should go. And uh, and as we said, you know, we, we, we'd spoken to him before and he was said that it was the wrong appointment from the outset and he's kind of sticking to his guns on that. But he sent us in a, a few questions. First off, could the Autumn Series continue outside of COVID? And would love your view on uh, Prime Video Sports coverage, including the panel. Looking forward to hearing Dan Killick on the show. Well, there we go. Uh, so, uh, seeing, as, seeing, as, <laughs> seeing as Kai's looking forward to your answers so much, uh, let's let's get uh, your take. Can the Autumn Series continue outside of COVID? <laughs> Firstly, cheers for that one, Kai. No, uh, no messaging yet in the inbox, but we'll see. <laughs> um, I not unless we see. I can't see it. Um, not really, unless we see some some change to the to the whole sort of the whole setup in terms of like glo- you know global seasons. Really, um, I know you'll have a you'll have a good answer on this one, Jed. Uh, I think it has to. I think that in the long run, the autumn internationals are dying a death. I think that Test match rugby, as much as you know, people, you and I, Dan, are, are big fans of it. 
I don't think that it, you place this so much of it played now that having standalone test series in the in the autumn is not the right answer. I just feel like, you know, you play when you're playing Australia four or five times in a year. So what if you're playing them once? And that's been reflected in the crowd numbers for probably a decade now. So I think there has to be some kind of meaningful competition in the autumn. It's definitely not the version that it is at the moment. I mean, yeah, <laughs> the, it, the it pick, needs to the, change, doesn't it? Yeah, the pick of the, obviously there there are extenuating circumstances because you can't have the Southern Hemisphere over here. But they need to they need to find an answer. I agree with you. That answer is a lot more attractive if you're able to sort out a world calendar. But I fully expect a an autumn uh, an autumn Nations Cup type thing to carry on in the autumn rather than going back to uh, what we kind of knew as the autumn internationals that's what I would expect to happen and I think there's there's more in the long run there is more commercial sense in that there's an opportunity to sell a rights deal to the likes of Amazon uh, rather than doing individual deals as uh, as nations and you know if we're serious about growing the game I know I'm I'm kind of slagging off the quality of the fixtures this weekend but you do have you do have to bring Georgia into things you do have to bring in those developing nations you have to play Fiji more often I mean I was really excited about France Fiji this weekend was gutted that it got called off and so for me I, I think yeah it has to it has to work and you know we've spoken before about promotion relegation in the six nations which for a long time I was very much a fan of uh, or certainly you know was keen to see more of a meritocracy there problem is you know let, let's say for example Wales had got relegated this season and Georgia had come up god there's some pretty diabolical looking but you know when you've got then a weekend where you've got Georgia versus Scotland and Italy versus <laughs> France uh, you know it, it leaves it leaves there doesn't even a lot of that in there for the neutral. So I, I think it, things do have you, to be addressed. You've taken, a U-turn. Like... You've taken yeah, a U-turn well... on, on the uh, promotion and relegation very quickly. <laughs> well, I, I think you just, you know, you, just, you. You, you have to think about it with a commercial hat on and see that the Six Nations works and you sell out. You will sell out England, Scotland every year, right? You'll sell out England, Wales every single yeah. year. All of it's, these fixtures. It's fine as it is. Yeah, but you have to get you have to get um, you have to get the the tier two nations involved in something, and this feels like the the right platform to do it. Uh, you know, a kind of condensed World Cup. You look in cricket; they have the World Cup every four years, which is fantastic, and then they have the uh, the ICC Champions Trophy, which is like a real shorter version of it. In um, held in one country and they do a really good job of that um you know so you have it broken down into three put you know four pools of three or whatever it might be so that would be the kind of model i would be looking at something that doesn't water down the world cup but beefs up the the uh the meaning of uh of the autumn games let's uh let's get your take what did you make of uh of amazon's prime amazon prime's coverage did you watch the other games dan yeah i did i thought it was I, for me, it didn't. It didn't quite work, but I think it will do. I think it's a good. It's a good start from them, um, and I, I. I think we'll see a lot more from them moving forward. Like you know, going going back to the question, I, you know, you pretty much answered it spot on in that we'll see a like a mod a modified version of what of what is out there currently, um, and I think that's the same with the, you know, with the commentary and the setup as well. I think that they will get it right. They've got the they've got the pound notes to get it right, haven't they? Um, Absolutely. But at the moment, yeah, it's not quite there. What's uh, what did you make of it? 
Uh, well, I'll give you my take. You know, I, I'm a bit of a nerd for these kind of things. So I'll give you my take on uh, Channel 4 on Friday night to start with. I was really, that was one of those occasions where I actually sat down to watch the build up. And I don't often do that anymore because I just don't have time. I'll watch the game when it kicks off and I'll turn off when it finishes. But actually, I sat down and I thought, you know, Sam, Sam in the studio, Rory Best alongside him, right? Let's see what they've got to say. Wales are in crisis. And to be honest, it was, you know, it was balanced, but. There was kind of nothing there. I think I think Sam Walton's handstand the best pundit out there because of the the insight he offers into the into the modern game. But I just wish there was a bit more opinion from pundits. You know, this is the problem when you when it's entirely ex players. But you need and, someone alongside Warburton, don't you? So he gives those insights, but someone else is giving the the uh, the edge. Then, yeah, and you know, I, I think you you end up with either. People who are, you know, very, very pragmatic, and I think most ex-players fall into this bracket where they, they don't want to say too much because they've played with all those players, and yeah, of course they know how hard it is to play. But I feel like a journalist in there would be a lot more objective than than an ex-player. And when you do have the opinionated players, it's the kind of Austin Healy. Oh, I'm just kind of saying something for effect. So I just wish there was a bit more, you know, a bit more balance and a bit more cutting edge out there, which I don't see at the moment. But uh, with with Amazon Prime, uh, in terms of the games itself, I didn't really, yeah, I, say, I didn't watch any of the any of the pre match build up. But I thought I, I thought the commentary was good, to be honest. Uh, Conor McNamara, you know, seasoned radio commentator, has done TV before, absolutely fine. Had no problems with him. David Flatman, I always find funny and insightful. And uh, who's alongside Paul Grayson, I think is really good. Actually, I think he's a really underrated. Yeah, Grayson's uh, a really good, underrated isn't commentator. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's it's kind of it was like the five live setup, but without Matt Dawson, which is exactly what you need because there's never an excuse for Matt Dawson to be anywhere near a microphone. So I think uh, <laughs> got yeah, some I, hatred I, there. Uh, I, it's, you know, I, I've said this before. I've I've made my peace with that 2003 World Cup winning side because it was horrible at the time. But most of them I can kind of tolerate individually. Dawson, nah, absolutely zero time for him, and. So yeah, I, I thought they did a decent job, and the and the Scotland game again. Rory Lawson, I think, is a really good um, is a really good commentator. Actually, obviously, it must uh, it must seem to run in the family, and he's inherited a bit of the uh, a bit of his grandfather's genes. Um, yeah, that was always gonna that was always gonna come through, isn't it? Well, yeah, well, it's tough, you know, tough to go into that after. But I, I think he's good. He's balanced, and you know, he's a, he's a bit of an old school commentator in a way. I, he, he doesn't try to say too much, so I like uh, I like I like his input. So yeah, I, to be honest, I, I think it's good, and it'll get better. Yeah, I'm with you. Right. Okay. Let us move on. Let's have a look at this one. This is from Reese Knott. Is centrally contracting Gatlin's players for eighteen months longer than Gatlin was contracted for really a sensible idea? That's a really fascinating question. Yeah, that's a tough question to answer that one, isn't it? Well, rather than bottling it down, why don't you take it on? Yeah, a lot of... I think a lot of the players that, uh, you know, they've got the contracts, would have had the contracts under under another coach, but it's kind of the... I just don't know how well that, how well it sits because you're all... You're, you're, you're empowering a coach, aren't you? This, this sort of gone um, before the you know before the changes or it has happened. So it's almost sort of you could say that it's almost added to to, to, to where we are, really, aren't you? And, and he's you know Pivak is. I do feel a little bit sorry for Pivak in that he's you know he's taken on a side, he's taken on characters. Ev- everything is 
is sort of heaped on him, isn't it? From 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 the moment he stepped on, you know, stepped in really, and you wonder whether you know there's anything further that could have been done to you know to assist him. And look, it's old. I'm, I'm sort of going backwards here, but there was an opportunity, wasn't there, to keep uh, you know to keep to keep one of the coaches. Uh, we all know who he is on on board, and just keep that you know keep something from the you know from the previous regime. There, it didn't happen. Um, so look, I'm I'm moving the question the, the question around a little bit here, but I don't I don't know whether anything else could have been done in 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 that instance really with the with the century contracted contracts. I think it would have been unbelievably messy otherwise if we hadn't gone with that route. But I get I get the point. It's a good question. Uh, what's your take? Yeah, I think the look, I, the, the fundamental issue here is yeah, I, th- I think that's right. Actually, is is that yeah, you really these things I think should come down to the to the current head coach. That's that's what I think. You know, he's the one who should be centrally contracting the players. But uh, it just gives again, to, yeah, it gives um, it gives some power, doesn't it? Some authority to the new to the new coach coming in, doesn't it? If they were able to to do something different, I don't know how uh, how feasible that would actually be. But if we just if we just forget about that and just and just look at you know look at the impact it could have then on the on the on the incoming coach, you're sort of you're inheriting. Uh, you know, their decisions have been made, aren't they? Where, you know, where you're, you know, uh, you're, you're not consulted. Um, and that sort of whole, the whole power, uh, power shift and, and power game is, is already against you, isn't it? From uh, You're up against it, basically, before you've even stepped through the door. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Let's take this one. This is from, uh, I'm not sure what his, uh, what his full name is, but uh, it's from the Maidley Academy, Duke of Edinburgh. Uh, I, I don't think it is the Duke of Edinburgh or Richard Maidley, uh, but um, I, I might be wrong on that. I did the Duke all, of Edinburgh, actually. Uh, I bloody knew you did. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was actually going to ask that, but we're, we're so pressed for time anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, we'll do a separate podcast on your Duke of Edinburgh stories. Uh, <laughs> big, 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 big listeners turning in for that. Oh, massive. Yeah. yeah. A, uh, a more general question as focusing uh, on Wales is depressing. Scrum and Ruck now hotly refereed, but why is there still no emphasis on the ball being put in straight at the scrum? Yeah, I've, I've absolutely yeah. no idea. It's baffled me for years. That yeah, it's been a long time now, hasn't it? The scrum, the the ball has been passed to the past the number eight feet. Um, not great actually when we when that's happening and we're still losing. We're, st- we're we're still losing in the scrums, are we? But I don't know why that's ignored. To be honest, by by referees, but it is. It's clearly not uh, not on the agenda at the moment, um, and hasn't been for years. I know. I just I do wish that the scrum was was back in you know without wishing to sound like such a such a kind of old fart but I do wish that the scrum was more of a reset rather than an opportunity just to win penalties which is what it's become but I wonder um, whether actually part of this Jed is the fact they want to quicken up the scrums so if the if the ball is placed if the ball is placed straight then it's a little bit it's a little bit slower I don't know yeah maybe maybe you're right I don't know it it is definitely a um a pet peeve of mine but uh but yeah, I, I can't imagine that's going to change anytime soon. This one is from Reese Lloyd. Dan, will any Welsh players be picked for the Lions on form, or will regulars get in by reputation? I wonder how eight weeks with Gatland could lift some of the players. Obviously, we touched on a little bit of that already. But do you think any of these these players will be picked on form, or if they get in, is it going to be on reputation? I think this time around, because Gatland isn't involved 
isn't involved with Wales, um, I would say it would massively go against the form or, or lack of will go against the Welsh players at the moment. Um, so if we were to pick the if we were to pick the the Lions side at the moment, I would say there's a you know, there's a good chance that Alan Wynne Jones would go as a an out and out leader, and and sort of, you know, just the fact that he's been there, he's done it, he's he's got so much success. But if we keep, you know, if we keep losing, and I think it'll go against even Alan Wynne Jones. I don't actually. I disagree on that one. I think that Gatland, his motto has always been to pick players who are of the standard to go out and get the job done. He's always, you know, you know, there are players that he's looked at and said. Test match quality, not test match quality. You know, he never fancied uh, Dan Evans, right? He just just clearly looked at him and thought, this guy is not test match quality. Whether you agree with that or don't, it's pretty safe to say that was Gatlin's opinion. Whereas Alex Cuthbert, he picked consistently based on the form that he had produced in the past for Wales because he believed that he was uh, of, of test match quality. And I think that's going to be the same with the Lions. I don't see, for example, if Adam Hastings goes on a fantastic run and plays really well for Scotland, he's not going to pick Adam Hastings over Dan Bigger just won't happen and and I think that's you know you look back to uh, to 2017 when Wales were under uh, under Rob Howley's leadership going into the uh, going into the Lions tour and he did exactly the same thing John Fox had a very poor tournament but he, uh, but of course Gatlin, Gatlin picked him because he knew that he could get him right and he was player of the he was player of the tour and I think there was a you know there's quite a few Welsh players like that and uh, and that's what that's the way Gatlin looks I, I you know there is no room for sentiment everything will be based on picking the players he thinks will get the job done he'll pick 35 Englishmen if he thinks he'll get it done he'll pick you know he'll pick a ton of Welshmen if he thinks he'll get the job done that is that that's the way he operates and that's what makes him such a good coach. Yeah, I know he. I know he picks who he who he wants to pick. But I just think at the moment the way in which we're playing is so poor, and yeah. the performances aren't there in 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 the Pro 14. We know that he does not rate that tournament. No, he's he's all but said it, you know, a million times over. And I I just think it will count against the Welsh boys if if the if the performances you know don't don't pick up. Yes, you know we did, we still expect a you know a couple of the boys to go, but at the moment the performances are so poor that I think he'd he he he'd he'd find it difficult even to to select um you know to select as many as we would like to go then. I think uh, yeah I think it all depends on it all depends on the position as well, doesn't it? Because there are some areas where there is it's so fiercely contested and there are so many different so many different options. You take you could realistically you could take two full English front rows and they would get the job done for you. They're that you know, they've got that much strength in depth in the front row at the moment that you wouldn't need to yeah. look at Tom Francis or at Wynne Jones or at whoever we decide to play hooker. It just it just that is how no, the whole pack, I mean yeah, the whole pack. Yeah, the whole pack. They've got options and options and options. So, and that's the way I think. That's the way I think Gatlin will look. It's you know. Um, so I, I think that if he truly believes someone is is of the quality to get it done, I don't think poor form will count against them. But um, yeah, it's yeah in those in those fifty 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 calls. Then okay, yeah, you make you make a good point. Right, we are yeah. running I think out what of time Gatlin rapidly. Also, like I think what Gatlin also does is he he tends to pick. Uh, combination so he tends to get that uh, you know he tends to get it right doesn't he and even we've looked at some of his sites and gone is is that you know is that second row partnership a little lightweight how is you know is that person a club player and then he's seen something in that player 
and obviously Edwards is in there as well, involved as well, that just lifts the other you know, the other player next to them and the actual whole system. And it's the system as well, isn't it? I think he was very, very good, very, very good at getting leaders into, you know, into, into the Welsh side and then into the Lions side as well. And I just don't think we can underestimate that leadership or, or, or lack of. Um, it's not just about picking, you know, you know good players. Is it? It, it, they've got to work and got to gel. And that's what he did. He that's made it thing, gel, the, made it that's tick. The, that's the thing that I find so puzzling at the moment because you're saying there's a lack of leadership and it does look like that. But again, this is a side with Alan Wynne-Jones, Justin Tipperick, Dan Bigger, John Fox. You know, you can't tell you can't tell me that they're not leaders. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, but I think I think front row. A lot of it starts in the front row, doesn't it? Right. We're massively missing uh, Ken, aren't we? Mm. Hugely missing him. His, so you his... mean, yeah, you mean there's kind of leadership in those in some of those key positions where if there was, you know, I don't know, yeah, if yeah, perhaps if Ken Owens was in there, he'd be able to to offer a bit more experience and put his arm around Reese Carey and and maybe navigate a few of the the stormier waters. Uh, is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, just when I, I just the fact that we mentioned it earlier, the fact that we keep on getting bullied. I just think you know, with Ken Owens in the front row, you, you you're not you're never getting bullied. You know, the Scarlets. You know, the Scarlets wouldn't be getting bullied. And if they were, he'd be literally absolutely livid, so vocal. You know, sometimes he, he possibly even overstepped the mark in terms of how vocal he is, but he's such a winner, so determined. And he, he's leading that front row, taking them into the, you know, into the trenches there, isn't he? And it, and it, it just, can, it, it pulls the side with, um, it pulls the sides with, you know, with him. So because we haven't got him there, I think we needed even more attention on that front row and getting the selection right. They're all they're all you know decent enough players, but you've got to make sure they're coming. They're, they're, the right side is picked, and um, I think that's a that's a big part of, uh, of of what's going wrong. All right, we've got time for one more. And seeing as we've been talking about selection, there, let's take this one from John Richards. Does Pivak need a change of direction from the old guard? I think we kind of answered that last week. Uh, but also, does he need to change combinations ten, twelve, and eight, nine? What do you think about those positions in particular? Yeah, so I think Falatau has been not at the races, is he? I think he he started to play better in the second half. Made that fantastic, didn't he? Uh, try saving tackle, which was which was Toby of old, but he's not he's not the player he was at the moment, is he? And it's not working. Eight and nine is not working. Nine, I think. So so going back to eight at the moment, I would pick. I would I would actually drop Falatau if. Um, if Navidi was uh, was available and potentially Mon- if Moriarty was fit, I'd um, I'd get him in there. So just for that grunt, that that real, you know, the real want, the the niggle. The, we 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 we'll, I've said it earlier. I said it quite a few times. We're getting bullied. I don't want to see us getting bullied. I want to see us up for it in everyone's faces. And he's the man that will bring that. So uh, I would make a change at eight and nine. I don't think we know our best nine. I, haven't been I do. It's Reese Webb. I think I know, he's off the pace. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I mean, like, he's obviously, he's obviously, um, isn't isn't when he's fully fit. He's the best. He's the best nine out of them. He I, is, I'm, but he's not fit at the moment, is he? he? I just, he just doesn't seem with it at the moment for me. And the same with, same with Gareth as well. I thought that Lloyd made a difference when he came on in terms of his passing. Absolutely agree. But I know that the forwards were the subs made a difference. So we were 
we were more competitive in that regard. But Lloyd, what Lloyd did was very simple. He passed the ball, didn't he? Instead of we didn't kick it, he passed it. Um, and I think that he's been behind a Cardiff pack. There's, there's, there's been lightweight over the years, and he if the pack is and is the if the pack's under pressure, Lloyd's a Lloyd's a great great option to have. He sweeps well, um, and I think if we've got a if we if we're getting front football, then Webb and and Gareth are, are, are your best options. But at the moment, Lloyd, you know, Lloyd looked Lloyd looked good. He looked sharp. Um, none of our nines are offering a threat. I think round the actual base at all, which which then means it's very very easy for the you know for the opposition sides to line up over the park. Again, linked to that as the forwards, isn't it? The 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 nine the nine and eight are not is not quite working because we're not seeing we're not seeing any sort of uh, they don't seem co- uh, cohesive at all. There's no pick and goes, is there? There's just sort of keeping everyone everyone level. Um, and and a, and a ten as well on that. We're not we're not taking any uh, any ball to the line at all. So when we did when Lloyd was uh, on the park and we started passing the ball, we didn't look threatening in any way. We we, we at all. We we, we you yeah. know there was there was no threat was there at all. We we passed the ball and it went along the line. We got knocked about a bit, but at least you could sort of see what we were trying to do. Albeit or, albeit we were doing it poorly, weren't we? Forwards in forwards in places where we haven't usually seen them backs you know a number of players playing at 10 i think um Watkin was in at 10 wasn't he on quite a few occasions it you you could i suppose if you broke it down you could sort of see what we were trying to do but it but it just didn't work did it Come on then, Dan. Changes at ten and twelve. Would you be doing that? For, let's let's look at the England game. Would you be making changes at ten and twelve? Putting on a spot now, haven't you? At the moment, I'd make a change at nine. Yeah, I'd have Lloyd at nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would still have bigger at ten. Okay. And twelve. I think walking has gone well. But I do think there, there probably needs to be a change there. So that's the what Tompkins for the England game, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would be tempted to go with Tompkins as well. I just think, I think where we're playing so badly, actually, just having a player who, having a player who might be able to do something and create something because we've created nothing the entire, the, the entire autumn. I'd be half tempted just to have him in there and. Um, and hope he's able to conjure something up out of nothing. I know that's depressing, but that's that's kind of uh, yeah. I think he's a, yeah. I know. I know. I know that that's we're clutching the straws a little bit, aren't we? Because it's so difficult to know what to do. But because I think Watkins played all right, I do think he's given he's given some yeah, go forward body. I do. He's defended quite well, but because he's the pack really is in, well. because the pack's under so much pressure, and we're going to be under more pressure against an English pack. Yeah, we do need that box of tricks, the live wire. That, that that Tompkins is to probably try to create something because we don't look as if we can create we can create anything uh, you know at the moment so we need those players that can that can create and I think we need to try and get the we need to get our wingers involved somehow we got we've got to get them involved so when we when we are passing the ball along we got I think we need to try and try and bring them in uh, you know against. On the on the inside, they're not going to be able to bust through. But you know, Josh Adams carries well, doesn't he? Whoever's on the other wing, you know, whether it's whether it's Liam or 
uh, or North will, um, you know, will do something as well. We'll draw in, you know, we'll draw in defences. And then at least, at least then if we are past the ball on the line and we're not, you know, we're not looking too threatening, we'll be able to suck in some of the forwards that will be wondering, are they going to, are they going to pop the ball inside? We've seen, we haven't done anything of what we used to do. We used to have really nice, uh, you know, set piece moves as well in the backs, didn't we? But because we can't get a scrum, we can't get any of those going. So, yeah, we need we need some individuals in the backs to actually maybe create something out of the blue. But it's a, that's a monumental task, and I don't really like it. It doesn't sit well with me even talking like this, really, because it's the back. It's, no, it's nothing to do with the backs, really. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yes and no. I I just think it's so bad across the board. I agree that the main problem is the forwards are getting bullied, and and that that really doesn't sit right with me. But I also just think there was there's been very little, there's been very little direction or ability to try something different in the backs and and kind of alter the game plan up. But there we go. More uh, more questions than answers, I'm afraid, at the moment. But every week we will try to do our best. Uh, to make it that little bit easier for you. And again, a massive thanks to everyone who sent questions in. Sorry we didn't get a chance to get through all of them. And uh, a massive thanks to everyone who's been listening. Uh, Dan's been tweeting away about how good the numbers are at the moment. So yeah, we do really appreciate you uh, you tuning into this and particularly during these, uh, during these rough times. So thank you to everyone for doing that. And uh, yes, a thank you as always to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. Make sure you, uh, you get your hands on some top quality coffee by going to socoffeetrades.co.uk. And there's some great offers on there at the moment as well so you can even save yourself a few quid as well as helping out a young welsh business right that is it for this week we will be back next week thanks for listening Podcast Network.